1: Learn more at Marines dot com.
2: You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? Let the dogs out, you know, like, ooh, let the dogs out, ooh, ooh. Off the
0: Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
3: Good morning, Tennessee, with probably exactly what they needed. Every bit as much of a win, a little bit of time to recoup, according to Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren, who are on our YouTube channel, as barely a half of football needed to be played to top UT Martin in convincing fashion. Good morning, Amanda LaFrada. How are you?
4: I'm doing well, Dave. How are you?
3: I'm well can't begin to describe what a a break must be like for the guys that are actually on the football field talking to Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays yesterday and it's on our YouTube page please like subscribe and share just a world of difference and you could tell how they felt you know going against Alabama in a full tilt game that went right down the last second and you're playing 70 80 plays as opposed to Uh, Playing, say, in Jacob Warren's case, uh, he's used to playing 50 plays because he he swaps out with Princeton fan a lot. So he plays, you know, 25-ish. Cooper plays 40-ish, somewhere in in that number. And those types of of games are very important uh, for any team that wants to make a a championship run. So uh, I know that you had a big, huge monster festival um, at, at Zool Beer Company, and you said like sixty vendors, so it was, it was huge. I'm not sure how much you you were able to watch the game, but I, I know you you always go back and watch the all twenty two tape that uh, Chris Landry sends us, and we went over that in our five o'clock production uh, meeting this morning. So, um, but y- your thoughts on th- these kind of games? Amanda might go away. Like if I have my way and you and I disagree on this, if I have my way, it's more like the NFL where every week's losable an eight, nine win team. And I know this sounds so foreign, an eight, nine win team might make a playoff. Um, but these type of games as of right now are absolutely uh, vital. So your thoughts on how the Vols played and took care of business. I mean, I think they just uh,
4: realistically took care of business I mean there, these games there's not much <clears throat> that comes from these games except for you're happy when you have them because it's it's essentially kind of a bye week you just get to go out and practice against somebody that doesn't look like the person you practice against every day so with that being said I don't I like them being here because I think you need you need that week I think it benefits both the smaller team and the larger team because you need that week to see what you have. If any of your starters go down, you need to see your backups out there. Like you just, you just do to see them in game time situations so that you can put them in um, or they can fill in. If somebody goes down, I think this is the perfect way to give those second, third stringers, you know, the chance to make something of themselves, but in a game that you know, you're not going to lose. Like it's not, A a scary game.
3: This is Kentucky Week, and if you're not following him, follow Ron Slay on Twitter. This means a lot to him, because I I wake up to my Twitter feed, and he's already retweeting people that are tweeting at him uh, that it is Kentucky Week. And of course, he (laughs) plays basketball, but it means something in in football as well uh, to Ron, and uh, he'll join us on Wednesday. But it is Kentucky Week, and probably... (laughs) If you want to look at the predicted point spreads, Amanda, it is the, the biggest challenge for Tennessee remaining on the schedule, not wearing red. And uh, if, if you want to go to offthehooksports.com, and I'll go through some of the numbers with the, with the predicted point spreads that are out there, Amanda, Tennessee very well could, should, if you want to go by point spreads, go – and if you go by point spreads. And you've actually got them beating Georgia, so it could be even better than that. So this is uh, the point of the schedule where Tennessee has to bear down, play their best game against Kentucky, their best game against Georgia. But other than that, how how challenged are they going to be against the South Carolinas, Vanderbilts, and Missouris of the world? I I would say not very. You? Uh,
4: South Carolina did sneak into the uh, top 25 at 25 this past weekend. They did sneak in. I however I feel like a big part of that is their win against Kentucky. And we know Will Levis didn't play that game. So that to me doesn't seem like a good fit at twenty five. I had a friend of mine who sent me a text that was like, We're in the top twenty five now. Uh we're abysmal. Because I said that they were abysmal. Well, you beat Kentucky, like without in, Will in, Levis. Yeah. Without Will Levis. That's that's what you've done. So, I I think we're just running out of teams put in the top 25.
3: <laughs> there is, I don't think there's an elite team this year, which opens the door for Tennessee.
4: No. I don't. I, don't. I
3: mean, maybe it's Ohio State, but they're going to have to show me that in the college football playoff because I think you and I agree that that's a little suspect.
4: Yeah. Ohio State's always a little suspect because I feel like they start out the year – you know, really strong and they really didn't start out the year strong against Notre Dame. They they kind of struggled against Notre Dame. Um, but they start out the year strong and they beat up all these smaller teams, and then when it gets to playing the big boys, they falter every single season.
3: Yep. Uh, the down and dirty at thirty is brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. So when Amanda's not chugging Zool Beer at Zoolbeer.com <laughs> <laughs> which is the official craft beer of off the hook sports. She's drinking honeybee coffee and honeybee coffee, which she's probably drinking right now is fantastic. None of that coffee hangover, which you coined that term. I hadn't heard that before, but it's true. Cause I don't drink coffee except when I go to honeybee coffee. And why is honeybee so good, Amanda?
4: It's just, I mean, it's just good. It just tastes good. It, you know, you get that like coffee boost without the hangover and and with the top five percent of beans in the world i mean it's just it's good it it says it says what it is
3: yep uh don uh mentioned i loved how you touched on spirituality with them dave talking about jacob warren and cooper may so that's part of something that i'm working on and just to give you an idea i'm that is usually frowned upon in journalism to discuss spirituality. And in this, this particular case, Christianity. And the reason is from a business standpoint, you could alienate a good portion of your listeners, viewers, readers, whatever you, you want to call it. But to me, it became a story and a consistent story when uh, Princeton Fant came out and thanked God before he spoke to the media last week, um, I bet Jacob Warren two out of three times has worn a uh, Christian t-shirt. So no matter what they believe in, which is uh, Christianity and good morning to you, orange blood um, no matter what you believe in and they are Christianity. I, I do believe in the fact that belief has gotten them in a large extent to this, to this point, belief in something, Amanda. And, with him, that happens to be Christianity. Maybe if we were having this discussion about a soccer team somewhere else in the world, it might be another religion, but uh, I'm not here to tell you what to believe in, but thanks for noting that, Don. And I, I, it's something that I'm going to write today that I believe this belief system, I'm saying believe a lot is a factor yes. in their success. Amanda, I truly believe that.
4: The, there's, there's a lot of beliefs and beliefs and in, in what you just said. Um, but I agree I again I'm a Christian so I, I'll i just put that out there and I think a lot of what they're doing is kind of when you meditate on the right things you manifest what you what you can do playing as a team having the same goals having the same values is, is a big deal because when you're playing for some something more than just yourself it it makes it that much better and that much easier to accomplish
3: Don said, is it good coffee, Amanda? Well, absolutely, because it's honeybee coffee. It's top 5% of the beans in the world. Uh, Kentucky Week means uh, more to Mr. Ball basketball. Go slay. He will join us on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. And uh, John's saying you wouldn't uh, alienate too many ball fans with the Christianity. I, I, I hope not. And to me, it's a, a newsworthy story, regardless of what I believe. Of what really they believe? I just got. I think it's gotten to the point where it's been very pervasive. But I can tell you that that in, in most situations, in most newsrooms, writing upon such things are frowned upon. But we do things a little bit different at Off the Hook Sports. So Down and Dirty at Thirty is brought to you by Honeybee Coffee, and s- some of these numbers are just uh, absolutely unbelievable. Let's take a look at Jalen Hyatt to begin with. He's doing more than some teams all by himself. Jalen Hyatt has produced eight forty yard receiving plays this season which leads the nation the next closest is five the eight by hyatt is better than eleven SEC teams the entire their entire team total for the year so he has more forty plus receiving yards than eleven SEC teams hyatt has produced um again eight forty yard receiving plays which is just Unbelievable! That tops Arkansas, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Ole Miss, Missouri, A and M, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Mississippi State. Now, we could say these were inflated numbers if they came against Ball State, Akron, and UT Martin, but that's you know not the case. Many of them, uh, what four, came against uh, Alabama. So the Jalen Hyatt story is one that I think is probably the. Um, and there's so many good stories. It, it ranks right up there. The fact that he has admitted publicly that he was just absolutely not ready to step into any sort of a uh, starting role um, that he thought he was, but he wasn't last year. And I've just continually, Amanda, been been blown away by that young man. He's got faith in something, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, I think he scored five touchdowns in Tennessee versus Alabama. If I'm not mistaken, five, he
3: broke five. Four were 40 yards or more. Okay, I, a... I
4: thought you just meant um, that he scored five touchdowns, but he did break a record, and that's pretty insane considering, you know, all of the good wide receivers that Tennessee has and and has had in the past. But he's just he's sneaky good. He's like a Julian Edelman. I mean, he's just like. Or Wes Welker. He's, he's just sneaky good. Like, he will burn you every time. And you don't realize it. He's, like, the little fast guy. Like, you don't, like, Jalen Waddell was at Alabama. They're just, they'll get by you, and then there's there's no point after that. Once they get by you, they get by you.
3: And then you're I definitely, done. I definitely like your, your first two comparisons, because he plays the slot primarily. And I'm sure there was temptation with his size to slide him outside, but you're in good shape there with Brew McCoy and then Cedric Tillman's going to come back and shout out to Ramel Keaton, who for the most part uh, tends to be there when, when Tennessee is needed, there was the one uh, uh, reception that he should have caught against uh, Alabama that he failed to continue to run through the route. But so you can see why Tillman and McCoy are, are the main go-to guys at wideout. But uh, again, Ramel Keaton had a, a big game and, he would be the number one receiver uh, in a lot of different uh, places. We'll ask Chris Landry about that later in the program. The coach, Chris Landry, will join us at LandryFootball.com. And, and then a breakdown of Tennessee's remaining schedule. So now with UT Martin, which everybody knew was going to be a win, let's take a look at the projected point spreads. Uh, Tennessee a 12-point favorite according to BetSmart US and their model. Now, point spreads continue to come out uh, throughout the day, and they're going to adjust slightly. But I like going by this because it comes out before the uh, it comes out before uh, the actual numbers come out, and they were right on the money with 42 points in the UT Martin game. Georgia, it looks like Tennessee will be a 10-point underdog on the road. Missouri, based off this model, uh, should be approximately uh, 20 points favorite tennessee should be a 20 point favorite south carolina uh it looks like um uh that um south carolina will be a 12 point underdog even in columbia and then vanderbilt a 24 point favorite so in in those games we're not talking four and five point potential spreads amanda we're talking double digit spreads and that is uh very significant Tennessee would have to slip up mightily to lose uh, one of those games Georgia and Kentucky are a a different different matter altogether but still Kentucky we're thinking is a 12-point favorite at this uh, at this point according to the model we use Kentucky's a 12-point underdog so Amanda certainly the cards are stacked in Tennessee's favor from this point out
4: yeah um I think Tennessee shocked a lot of people, especially in Vegas, with what they are able to accomplish and the amount of points that they're able to put on the board. I know the over unders at first were not as uh as big as they are now, so
3: in totals
4: for no over under for points in oh. per game, yeah
3: for like oh. over under totals. Man, can you imagine if – I don't even know if you can make this bet, Amanda. You might. If you took Tennessee, if you took every game in the over this year, if you could bet every game in the over, like let's say it's whatever, against Ball State, it's 65-and-a-half. Against Florida, just to go on and on and on, it's it's 54-and-a-half. If you could take the over with Tennessee's offense, you'd probably win every single game.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, probably not now, though. Not moving forward. I don't think you're going to win every single game because yeah. I think Vegas is going to uh, adjust accordingly. But, yes, I think that Tennessee's blown some people away with as many points as they're able to score.
3: Uh, energy. good morning from Memphis. She's still in bed. Get up. Hit I at was. it. Come on. I Come wish on. I was. And come on, Anne. Uh, she's and uh, uh, John's in Collierville. Beautiful, crisp morning today. It is. And John says we make UK one dimensional. Take away the run game, we win by twenty. I think Tennessee's going to be in good shape. Uh, it, do they stub their toe at some point? It's certainly possible, but I don't. I don't see it this week. Like, share, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. Become a part of the family, and we'll be with you each and every weekday at eight thirty Eastern. For you and uh, Pedego Chattanooga Is locally owned A store where you'll be treated like family The region's foremost electric bike experts They put their hearts into helping you find The perfect electric bike and get the most out of it For many, many years to come Pedego electric bike Is the very best way to experience Chattanooga and beyond They are simply, simply Awesome, so check them out Pedego Chattanooga I did have an opportunity to Text back and forth with Heath Schuler, after Hendon Hooker, beat his record on Saturday. So Saturday evening, Heath said what I would expect, just a stand-up guy, and said records are meant to be broken, that he couldn't be happier for Hendon Hooker, who broke the consecutive games with a touchdown record at 19. It was 18. He tied the record last week, but now it is 19, a touchdown pass. Uh, Hooker tied that record against alabama broke it with the skyhawks on saturday so he said congratulations said he's heard nothing but great things about uh hooker who was um he, he knows pretty well because uh Heath's son navy shuler uh is a uh, tennessee quarterback uh hooker saying it's a blessing i haven't got the chance to talk to heath yet i was talking to Navy, his son yesterday and he was telling me hey you got to grab a picture with my dad after you break the record uh, Heath was there. It was uh, homecoming, but so were a hundred thousand other people. So it can be difficult to uh, to hook up. And a couple of other notes quickly. I'm not going to run through the report card as we t- uh, typically do on a Monday because it was UT Mon- uh, UT Martin. But a couple of buy the numbers that you can find on OffTheHookSports.com. Tennessee's uh, latest win, that 65-24 victory over UT Martin, carried on a common theme. The Vols can score points, uh, have incredible playmakers, and are tough to keep in check offensively. How about this? Tennessee football scores its most points in a game since 2000, 65-24 over UT Martin. Um, Hendon Hooker set the record, as we mentioned, most consecutive. times seven receptions 174 yards two touchdowns alabama eight targets six receptions 207 yards five touchdowns and then at lsu uh for the last two quarters of that game four receptions 63 yards and two touchdowns and 344 points the most for tennessee some of these numbers are just bizarro 344 points that's the most for the vols than the entire seasons of the following years in the last decade, uh, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2013. It's a common theme there. there's a lot of Jeremy Pruitt bullethead. Now that the 344 points was in the third quarter of game seven. So what do you think Tennessee fans like more winning or winning the way they're doing with, with a point, that's that's pretty exciting.
4: It's kind of a, kind of a catch twenty-two question because I think both are winning. So I that doesn't. I think they just like winning, Dave. I think that's the answer. They just like winning.
3: They do. They uh, incredibly do. But the way they're doing it is very exciting, and you know, we'll we'll discuss Tennessee and Hendon Hooker's odds now to win the Heisman. I, other than. God forbid, a suspension injury, something like that, that's totally unforeseen. I don't see how Hendon Hooker's not at the Heisman ceremony. Uh, I don't see how he's not a real contender. And something I was going to write about today is, could the Peyton Manning sort of effect being the leader throughout the season affect C.J. Stroud? Because everybody has just kind of said it's C.J. Stroud's award to win. And at times that's the position you'd want to be in because there were people that would cast their votes. Amanda, I know you're going to just absolutely cringe when you hear this, they would cast their votes in late October, or early November. And to me, that's just idiotic. Well, now it's different. It's all electronic and you don't even open it up. So you can't even send in your ballot via FedEx. And that being said, CJ Stroud could have a wearing sort of effect on on some voters because he has been the leader throughout. I think Peyton Manning, that was a factor, that losing to Florida was a factor in why he didn't win. But I wonder if people are, are get tired of, some of the voters get tired of C.J. Stroud um, and, and they go in a different direction. You shouldn't vote like that. You should vote who you think is the best, but people are people.
4: Well, sometimes I think that people have this like thought in their mind of CJ Stroud being so good. And then he doesn't live up to their expectations. I think that might be more of the reason their votes change is because whoever was the favorite doesn't really live up to the expectations that were set by, you know, media or whoever. So then you start looking at, well, who is making a difference on their team? Because again, like I've said, CJ, CJ Stroud could be anybody at Ohio state right now. You could you could put in their backup and probably get the same results. So with this Tennessee team, though, Hinden Hooker can't like there can't just be Joe Milton go in there and do the same thing that Hindenhooker Hooker is doing. It's just not that's not possible at Tennessee, at least not in my opinion.
3: Let me ask you this question, Miranda. Mm-hmm. Could Joe Milton be a, a Heisman candidate if he played for Ohio State this yes. season? Yes. No hesitancy.
4: No hesitancy. As long as he, he, um, the only thing I could say about Joe Milton is as long as he's got his head clear, like he doesn't make, you know, sorry, stupid decisions like Mm -hmm. he did last season. As long as that's cleared up, then yeah, be just fine.
3: John said, Hooker and UT is a better story. OSU's schedule is garbage compared to UT. Heck, even half the SEC teams uh, play people. Ohio State, they they will play Michigan. And Michigan Penn actually, State? yeah, they played Penn State. They handled Penn State. Um, I'm not a believer in James Franklin or Penn State. Uh, again, we talked about it. What did you say last week that it was like two really good looking people that kind of want to sort to get out of a relationship that they were afraid they couldn't do better? Is that the way you put it?
4: Yeah, um, Ohio State hasn't played Penn State yet. They play on the twenty ninth.
3: Okay, so upcoming. So
4: yes, they're upcoming. Michigan played Penn State, and then Michigan beat the the pants that off was of like Penn 41 State. Forty
3: one to fourteen or somewhere along. Yes, yeah,
4: something like that. But yes, it's like two James Franklin and Penn State are like two attractive people who don't know if they're necessarily going to do better, so they just keep on in the same relationship because. Penn State doesn't know if they can get anyone better up there. And James Franklin doesn't know if he can get a better job. So we just sit here in limbo.
3: Yeah, it's like my wife. I mean, you know, she realizes so, that I am, I'm super, super hot. So for her, maybe she could do better. But really, do you want to take that chance?
4: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, my God, Dave, I don't even know how I sit here, on this, you know, on this show with you, as hot as you are. I should just be like this big in the corner.
3: It's, it's hard, isn't it?
4: It's terribly difficult, terribly.
3: <laughs> John's John said he likes your analogy on the Penn State thing, too. Thank you. But they're really not even too hot people. They're two fairly good looking people.
4: I mean, that's they're pretty they're pretty in the word in the terms of college football, hot. Because all you have to do is go up against Ohio State every year. You don't really have another schedule other than that. Ohio State and Michigan, those are the only two teams you have to play as Penn State, and you're up there with all the whiteout and all the crazy fans. So I mean that's a pretty hot job, I would say. It's it's fairly easy. You could probably have a 10 and two season every year. Um, but then you have, you know, James Franklin who did really well at Vandy and everyone loved him and wanted him there. So I don't know. You have I, worse coaches.
3: True. When, when, when I think hot, using that, using that analogy, I you think, think
4: it, of yourself.
3: And then, 21. and then after that, um, I think it would it would be Nick Saban, Alabama, Georgia, uh, uh, Kirby Smart. To th- those those are both hot. I mean they they are proven. the The universities have proven they will provide you with what you need to win. You have shown them that you can win. To me, Penn State and James Franklin are just kind of good looking.
4: No, see. The Sabin Saban is beautiful. He's not hot. Josh Heupel is hot. Sabin is beautiful. Sabin is that without makeup, whatever, attractive person. Josh Heupel is that up and coming, like the young, <laughs> like movie star kind of person that's coming on the scene. He's hot. There's a difference.
3: By the way, can you pull up that picture that my wife emailed us during the show one day? A young Josh Heupel looks remarkably like Justin Timberlake. which
4: A, a smaller Josh Heupel.
3: A smaller, younger Josh Heupel. We'll get to that. Oh, get Chris La- I'm sorry. sure Chris Landry wants to weigh in on that. We'll get Chris Landry's thoughts, his grades on the balls. In just two minutes, Big Orange Phillies, a great, place to watch the game family friendly you give me two minutes i give you chris landry please like subscribe share comment and we'll get back to you in two
1: minutes gary vials here i want to personally invite you to north Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant it's big orange phillies located in black oak center and yes folks it's happening in halls big orange phillies offers family friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli style subs around billiards darts jukebox shuffleboard and cornhole and a full bar We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
5: Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to dare. This is Al's this Barbecue Supplies.
1: So come on in, and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue and amaze your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill.
0: Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vashti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
3: Welcome back. She is Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Coming up, message board bingo. We'll give away stuff. And you actually get to choose now. Okay, and then we have the picture of if you're watching on video of a young Josh Heifel and Justin Timberlake. Do they look alike on our message board? What do you think? What do you think, Amanda? I see some similarities there. I do.
4: I mean, it's a stretch. (laughs) It's a stretch. it's a stretch. They have similar expressions, like maybe noses. Noses is probably what they have more similar to anything else, and a little bit of a hairline thing. But that's it's a stretch.
3: Well, keep in mind too that you have you you have tight haircuts, but you also have what I would think is pretty massive grooming on Justin Timberlake's side, because Justin Timberlake, the, he does not have the furry eyebrows that josh heupel has but i would think justin timberlake probably sees what like a uh a aesthetic person each and every day would you agree with that
4: i mean he's married to jessica beale so
3: he's doing all right all right let's ask uh, chris landry chris landry you can see that on your screen does uh oh can we bring it back for just a second uh chris landry does uh, josh heupel looked like justin timberlake the mega super pop star what are your thoughts
2: oh i was wondering who who the heck was this guy who did he play for
3: <laughs> justin uh... Timberlake is one of the and, and admittedly chris doesn't keep up with any sort of uh pop culture but uh, he is Justin Timberlake's like a big superstar. He he does music and stuff.
2: Now that's a young. That's 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 Josh. That's a that's a young player, Josh. That's um um. I love Josh, but that's like uh, two chins ago. You know he's uh. Fair point. He put, <laughs> put on a little weight there. He put on a little weight there. particularly around the face there. That was ugly. That was ugly for a money morning. I didn't mean to be ugly. I just, you know, let's just call it. I think Josh would understand. Hey, look, you get getting the coaching. Not much time for exercise. Not much time for sleep. The eyes get droopy. The chins get bigger. You know, and just hey, I'm been there, done that.
3: <laughs> oh man, Don has a line. Uh, Timberlake is married to Jessica Bill. Josh Hoffel is married to Jessica Mill. Oh. That was harsh. Amanda's looking at me like I shouldn't have even read that. Hey. And I don't
2: even, and I don't even have a clue what y'all are talking about. So that apparently is pretty bad because uh, Amanda's mouth is the chin. Her chin, her, her thin little beautiful face, the chin just dropped to the, to, the, uh, <laughs> to the death. So I have no idea what that means. I'm assuming it's not good. Amanda's,
3: yeah, Amanda's like trying to drop weight or something. Like, she's beautiful and she's on some sort of diet. I'm like, you do what you need to do. You're gorgeous. No, no, I'm not not on a
4: diet. I'm
3: just, but her chin was just like, wow. So I don't
2: know what that was all about. So I guess uh, so much for that. (laughs) We've insulted enough people today. I, you know, just kidding. Us coaches just kind of kid each other. That's, that's no big deal. But uh, apparently that one's one you read pretty bad. Somebody (laughs) explain that to me off the air. You know, we yeah. don't get a ten. Maybe uh, send me a text or something. You know,
3: I, I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Uh... Je- yeah, Jessica Mill as in he likes to eat.
4: Oh, Mill. I thought he was talking about his wife.
3: Oh no, being no, no, like no.
4: overweight. I, I, no,
3: no, no, no. I have no idea what Josh Hopple's wife looks like. Let's just move on. Chris, yeah, like, uh,
2: that's what happens when you play UT Martin. You get this type of stuff. You know, that's I mean, right. And Chris, any any porn sites pop up today that we know of on yes,
3: that? Yes, yes, actually. We have, it has. Yep, okay. I just deleted one. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, the way Tennessee handled UT Martin, did exactly what they were supposed to do, right?
2: Yeah, no, I thought they played, you know, a, a pretty clean game, you know. Um, what I liked about it is they, they, put, they threw a lot of stuff in there that you got to prepare for. Uh, we talked about that last week, didn't we? You know, put stuff in there to make, people prepare for that because it, it is the opposite, I, I think, of what fans in the media say. Oh, save that play for when you play Georgia. No, what you want to do is you want to throw as much stuff in to make people prepare for it because I don't care whether you run – you're not going to run that again against them. They still got to prepare for it because you might. So that's kind of – I liked what they did and you know, kind of uh, – I thought it was – business like it's the way I would approach it in uh, taking care of business against U T Martin. Which by the way, um and I mentioned this we didn't discuss it much last week, no reason to, but but I on my podcast we we break down all the games and so we even talk a little bit even about the U T Martins. And that team actually, you know, uh can rush the passer pretty well for their level and they're not they're not a they're not a bad program at all and don't have a bad team for their level. Uh but the game pretty much went the way I expected uh, it did thought some good performances from but the tight ends and I uh, did a did a really good job uh, particularly Fant did, did a good job and you know Hy- uh, Hyde did another good job I thought uh, Keaton played well for him Squirrel White got some some work too um, thought William Wright did some good things in the secondary um, you know he got some some uh, some plays out of the return game, D. Williams. I, mean, it, it, I thought it was a really workmanlike job.
4: So we um, looked at we look at Hendon Hooker, and I know we've gotten past you know UT Martin, and coming up is a pretty rough stretch, at least two games: Kentucky and Georgia. How much does Hendon Hooker's like composure affect this Tennessee team?
2: Oh, I think it it's a lot. I think he affects it in such a positive way because he's still so comfortable running this offense, really good in making decisions. We've talked about him protecting the football. That's, that's what you want. That's what you need. Um, this is an offense that fits him, and it's got playmakers deep. I think what's going to be interesting to see to me, and it's – and I would imagine Kentucky's going to do this. And, and I, I, in fact, I know what Bray White's going to do. I mean, it's just, they're, they're going to play a lot of two deep shell. You, you've got to, because I always look at it, you know, how would somebody try to beat our team and, you know, when, when we coach? And because that's how you kind of prepare and try to try to stay on point. The, the way you have to to slow down Tennessee is you have to prevent the deep ball. So, I mean, you have to keep your safeties Deep, that means you have to defend the run without numbers. So you have to defend the run with your base front. So you have to play two deep shell so you've got a safety. You can leverage correctly with the corner play outside leverage towards the boundary with the receiver between them, and then you've got a safety help on the inside. You've got to do that both ways. And, and quite frankly, it's difficult to do because they've run three receivers, and so you, you really need a nickel back there that's going to line up and, and cover the slot and man coverage-wise, and you're probably going to need a linebacker out there. Can you do all of that and still defend the run? That's the conflict of assignment that we talked about, like with Alabama. Alabama has to decide, now stop the run, stop the pass. Well, normally the thing you do is you got to stop the run because that's the easiest way to get beat. Because the long pass, they might overthrow it. He might drop it like Mike Evans did for the Bucs yesterday, if you saw that game. I mean, you just, you just never know what's going to happen. It's, it's a tougher execution running the football. Uh, you've got to disrupt that. I think the two things you've got to do is you've got to do the best job you can in the run, and you better bring the heat. Alabama lost that game, and Tennessee won it, not because of the passing game, but because of the pass protection that allowed the passing game to flourish and be so great. Uh, I thought that Alabama would be more effective rushing uh, from the edge. So that's what uh, I think Kentucky is going to focus on. And I think when the point I'm trying to make in getting us to hand and Hooker is if you make Tennessee go the length of the field, they don't want to go on eight play drives. They want to score quick. And I think that that would test the patience test the you know you get it you get a little answer, you force the football no one's been able to do that consistently well enough to force that so i think he's done a phenomenal job and i think he'll continue to do that but if somebody's able to cause some problems in that regard i'm curious to see how he handles that georgia or kentucky this week
3: uh, j mack volunteer said on the 247 sports webpage, it shows a team talent composite ranking now Two four seven is known for coming up with more rankings than I can possibly count. But and I'm 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 gonna go with what J posted on on our message board. I haven't seen this with my own eyeballs. By the way, thank you, Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han for LASIK. I'll tell you more about that. I underwent that on Friday and I can see like an eat. Oh
2: really you yes. do, it did you we talked about that awesome
3: yes. yes i can see like an eagle i can see into your soul chris landry
2: i didn't i tell you Didn't i tell you i had that you a few did. years i, I still I, i'm a little older so i got the reading glasses for if i got to read the schedule or something they but.
3: did the mono vision where i can see in one eye close and the other eye my brain adjusted and okay i'm
2: going to chattanooga we got to get that done um,
3: well it's in we'll, knoxville campbell in knoxville campbell. i'm going to knoxville we can get that done Campbell, wow. Cunningham, Taylor, and Han Vision Center. I'll tell you more about them as we go along. So, But th- this J-Mac posted that uh, Tennessee is ranked number 19th in talent composite ranking and that every SEC team they played so far, Alabama is one, LSU is eight, and Florida is 12. When you look at pure talent, not scheme, not that all other stuff, not the, the, the stuff that's hard to put a finger on, such as team chemistry, would you have Tennessee at, at 19-ish in the nation as far as talent?
2: Um, first of all, those rankings are very misleading. And yes. they they do reflect guys. I think they – I don't know because I don't really, – but, but I'm i imagine they take the recruiting rankings and they right. just throw them. Well, that doesn't tell you how good the players developed.
4: Yeah.
2: Right. So that doesn't mean that they're – just because you're quote-unquote ranked like, okay – Alabama's got more talent than Tennessee. Uh, Alabama secondary is not as good as Tennessee's receivers. You know, um, yeah, overall, but it's about styles. It's about matchups. You know, for example, you know, you saw the game, and I'm using this because this is, you know, this is Tennessee's last real game against Alabama. they, They took advantage of that Mississippi State. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, I got to ask this. 10 times. Well, Mississippi State, you saw what Tennessee did against um, Alabama secondary. Look what Mississippi State's going to do. No, they're not. Do you, you know, do you watch football? Tennessee goes vertical, and Mississippi State runs crossing routes. And Mike Leach doesn't adjust. Mike Leach doesn't understand pass protections. That's why Mississippi State under Mike Leach can't even, I mean, they scored a garbage touch. They haven't scored a touchdown. Mike Leach, that was his first touchdown that he scored against Alabama since I mean, it's just, it's, um, you know, the, the point is, is the matchups. The overall talent stuff is that's not who has the best talent. That's who has the highest number of guys as they were recruited in high school and where they're ending up now. That's one of the problems with recruiting evaluations. People talk about, well, this is, they've got the best talent. How do you know that? Have you studied it? No. Do you know how to study it? No. But I read it on 247. Yeah, okay, well, that's the problem. You know, a and I don't know, but I would imagine wheres AM ranked on this? I
3: would as, a fact, as a matter of fact, somebody uh, said that same composite ranking had A&M at number four at the beginning. There you
2: go, number four in the country. You know what? A&M's defensive line, young guys, some of the best in the country. Don't have a quarterback don't have enough skill position, guys. So you can have talent on paper. Do you have a quarterback? Do you have playmakers? Do you have, you know, offensive lines are not very good? Yes, you can have, quote, unquote, a great class, and you're loaded at one position. Oh, but you don't have a good offensive line. You don't have playmakers. You don't have a quarterback. Oops. That's that's not a balanced team. I mean, you know, it's just, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I get it. What it means, though, I would say this. What it tells you, Tennessee's got really good skill position guys, their offensive line's playing well, and as a result, their defense is in more advantageous positions to have some success. And I think – but here's the biggest thing where I think this might play out a little bit. Where is Tennessee going to be next year In the next three years? Is this a – a year where they're peaking and I don't know that this is going to be the same thing every year that they're, you know, going to be 11 win 10 win type team. That's the difference. Whereas you can look at it out. It's easy to say Alabama's got the best recruiting class. Cause when you look at recruiting classes, remember these sites don't evaluate players. I, I do, but they don't look at film and they're not really qualified to evaluate players, but here's what they do. Dave hooker, been recruited by Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Guess what? Dave's now a five-star. You know, uh, Amanda was a three-star. She's recruited by the state. She's now training for, because it's a, you know, well, the best teams recruit the best players because we know that, and yet we kind of make assumptions. But look at how many of the players, even at an Alabama, that doesn't pan out. Like Alabama's got some really good young players, but they don't have experience either. Tennessee's got a lot of experience. They've got a quarterback that's in his second year, very comfortable, good system. Got some key guys on defense that are stepping up, playing better up front. The offensive line, we talked about that last week, some of the moves they make, some experience there. You're having to rebuild it. It takes a while, uh, and, and there's a drop-off. And so if you got a gap on your roster or you've got young guys that you've got to develop, just because you've got elite classes doesn't – you still have to develop, my, uh, develop them. Recruiting players are like the, the meat of the meal. Coaching is the seasoning, the marinade, and the cooking. The length of time that you cook it is the developmental process, the co- you know, the coaching process. So those are the things that I think need to all come together because we all know that if you don't have our – great rub and everything for our great sponsors and you know my brisket doesn't taste real good
3: that's right if
2: i if i I try to cook it in two hours when it's supposed to be eight not too good i can probably eat it it's maybe bad maybe i get i'm not trying to be cute but that's the difference so yes it's a great job and it's a credit to what josh is doing but i find it comical how everything is a different narrative because i think Three weeks ago, Brian Kelly was a dunce that couldn't coach. Now he's the greatest thing. And, you know, it's, and then in two weeks, you know, if they lose down, he's going to be a dunce again. It, it's just it's kind of paste it down. Josh has done a really good job. We'll see the rest of this season and then over the next five years if he can sustain it and recruit at that level. Because if he can't and he can't develop it, you know, it's, it's not magic pixie dust that he has that, that he can throw out there every year.
3: Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Craft Treats. That's who he was referring to, Craft Treats, right there. In Ittlewall, they have everything that you need in terms of barbecuing and uh, smoking, and they have it all right there. I'm sorry, Owl's Nest Barbecue.
4: I was like, Craft Treat?
3: In her head, Owl's Nest Barbecue. But seriously, I did pick up some, To uh, I was thinking about Owl's Nest Barbecue over the weekend, so I stopped in and picked up some to-go things, and uh, Owl's Nest Barbecue... We're going to be able to give away some fantastic prize packs. But they got the rubs. They have the sauces. They have everything you need at Alice Nest Barbecue. I tell you what,
2: that, that bar, that, you put that Alice Nest Barbecue on there, and your dog will be licking his lips, and you're going to need to give him some craft treats to calm him down. I can tell you <laughs> that right now.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah, or Alice Nest Barbecue. Alice Nest Barbecue is uh, fantastic. and we we'll to tell you more about craft treats and their uh, chill pills. Uh, but partly the reason that I got a little flustered there is because Tinder is once again attacking our uh message board. So, evidently, they think uh Chris Landry is a prime candidate and and maybe he wants to find a date. I don't know, but I know, uh, Amanda, you're you going to jump in here. Brittany did say so essentially it's a popularity contest, yes. And remember that in football season, uh, when when recruiting is over, when football season is over and recruiting is in full force. There are a lot of coaches, some that have coached at Tennessee, that may uh, rhyme with uh, Nutch Owens, and he would specifically call recruiting analysts to try to get a star added to a player once that player committed to Tennessee. So, yes, it is a lot of it in recruiting as a popularity contest. I'm sorry, Amanda, go right ahead. <sighs>
4: Maybe it's all the, the licks and rubs or whatever you're talking about <laughs> that brings the tender people on over to the channel.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, I don't gosh, know. I, I wouldn't have gone there if I'd have known that. But. So
3: swipe so, left for rubs.
4: Yeah, let's, let's maybe spell it out or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we saw LSU versus Ole Miss. We uh-huh. saw Kiffin get handled. I mean that Ole Miss team got handled by LSU, and I know last week we talked about this huge storyline: Lane Kiffin versus Josh Heupel in the SEC championship. Blah 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 blah. Has this Ole Miss team just been? I did I did not think they're very good, and then now of course they've got me worried. And then, but now again, don't think they're very good. Is this Ole Miss team just been like posers, or was this a LSU Brian Kelly type of? just out-coach Lane Kiffin type of well, thing?
2: it's a little bit of both. I mean, you look at Ole Miss, Troy, Central, Arkansas, at Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky is a nice win, at Vanderbilt, Auburn. So what do we say about Ole Miss? We're going to learn about them on the road at LSU with the toughest road game being at Georgia Tech this year. So if you look at them, you know, you hear this again. It's not my – taking shots at people but it's like you know it's the overreaction of okay well the defense is great because all the statistics say well statistics in college i'm going to tell you in the nfl it has some validity because it's it's relative to 32 t- in college statistics don't matter unless they're conference statistics that look at that if you want to look at how you match up in conference play but If you look at the schedule that they played and you look at somebody that's played three or four tough teams, well, the stats should be skewed. You should have more yards and give up less yards and all that. So I didn't think we knew knew enough about Ole Miss. I think defensively they were vulnerable. Um, I think what surprised me is how LSU was able to make adjustments. You looked at Ole Miss, they got 14 points pretty quickly. This is twice now, actually three times that LSU coaching adjustments in game, Mississippi State, Ole Miss uh, in particular, they really did a phenomenal job defensively causing a lot of problems. Now, once LSU was able to score points offensively, if you make this Ole Miss team have to throw the football, they're in trouble. People not watching it think, oh, Lane Kiffin, he throws it all over because I remember that. No, no, no. This is a running team with really good backs. One of them was banged up and got injured in the game. And once they got behind, they're in trouble. So that's what happened. I think it was a lot of more about LSU. And I think Ole Miss is still good. I just don't think, again, people are making that judgment of, oh, can they win the West? No, they can't win the West. They, they You know, not – weren't, in my opinion, a threat to win the West before last week. They're definitely not now. Um, they do have, um, you know, Alabama coming up. Um, now they do have A&M, then Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State. So, look, I mean, you're still looking at an A&M situation's a mess. is going to be, you know, be a tough game. Uh, and then they seem to have Mike Leach's, if, if I'm looking at coaching matchups, I mean – you know lane usually gets the better of mike most people usually do so we still could be talking about a 10 and 2 team which at all miss Hottie hotty totty i mean you know gosh almighty right. 10 and 2 you know uh but it is reflective of their schedule
3: chris's appearance brought to you in part by andy mason real estate go to andymasonrealestate.com and know that you're not going to potentially lose thousands of dollars as I did because I didn't know that Andy was a realtor when I made my first home purchase and we went to high school together. And Andy Mason Real Estate.com is the person you need to be in touch with. The tenants of his business are pretty simple best prices and the best service. How about that? Andy Mason Real Estate.com. So, Chris. Let's take a look at uh, some of the grades. And, again, I know this is slightly on a curve because it was UT Martin, but who were some of the players that stood out to you in terms of, of what they did? Maybe some trench guys because we all know Jalen Hyatt played well again. But what are some real grades when you dig deep into it?
2: Yeah, I mentioned Princeton fan I thought did a really good job. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Hooker and Hyatt did a really good job. I thought um, I thought Katen did a really good job as well. Uh, Squirrel White did some good things. I was impressive defensively. William Wright, uh, I thought, uh, did a good job in the secondary uh, for them. Um, I thought offensive line was – I think the offensive line, as I mentioned, is going back and even studying the tape even more from the Alabama game. That was where the game was – that's where the rubber meets the road there because you don't have um, those those deep chunk plays – if the protection's not there, and I thought they did, um, I think again they just mauled this unit. But that offensive line is 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 markedly improved, and the biggest difference between you know last year's team and this year's team offensively. So all those plays that you watch that are exciting in the deep, that has a lot to do with the play up front, and mainly in the run game, because the commitment to run and the willingness to run if you go back in the summer you know where does tennessee need to improve i was asked running game you force numbers into the box you're not going to have enough people to defend these receivers if you can't run the football well then you can lay back play and coverage and then you've got a real opportunity to slow down this offense but when you protect well and, and mainly you run well see when you run the football defensively they can't tee off on you they've got to set the edge in the run first and it's 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 a big problem to get pressure you got to get there in under two seconds if you hesitate a bit you're not going to get there quick enough so i think the offensive line play as a group has been really improved i think the tackles get a lot of credit i don't think the interior guys get noticed enough because when you get a a tackle, and Will Anderson doesn't have a great game. and Well, he's doing a good job, but but I think the interior guys are the most important, because that's where the run game starts, and that's where the biggest pass protection issues are if you have a flaw. It's through the A gap, through the B gap. It's it's so... You, they are doing a really good job there. Now, as I said before, the pace of this offense and getting rid of it quickly aids the offensive line, but that doesn't mean that when you run the football and you move guys off the line of scrimmage, they're not just getting good angles and you've got this like superstar back that's, you know, Barry Sanders making everybody miss. They're getting good movement off the line of scrimmage. So that's been impressive. But that that's over the course of some of the games I've seen more so than UT Martin. Obviously I'm not going to put a whole lot into that uh, because that's where assignment execution, effort, you know, or assignment and uh, execution could be pretty good and not be very good. The effort may not be all that good, but the result will be good. And that's why you got to grade the assignment, effort and execution, because those are the things that carry over to better opponents.
4: I know this is your favorite thing to do. I know you love it. Let's look ahead let's, yeah, make
2: let's pred- do it. Let's time, make time predictions. Yes. Make predictions. Absolutely. Let's make
4: predictions. If Tennessee can, can squeeze by Georgia, and I know that a lot of people didn't think that they could squeeze by Alabama, but they did. Georgia, I don't think, is playing their best football. That's just my opinion. Um, but if they can, if they can squeeze by Georgia, and they make it to the SEC Championship, Who is, who will they be playing and why do they not want to play Alabama again?
2: Well, I think they'll be playing Alabama. I mean, I don't think LSU has the type of team that's going to be able to attack Alabama where they're quote unquote weak. Um, so, I mean, I, I felt beginning of the season, I felt even through Alabama's trouble, troubles, um, after the Tennessee game that they're playing, that it's going to be Alabama and and, and, uh, uh, going to be representing the West. I still feel that way. Um, A lot of it has to do with anticipation of what – because I've seen it happen before, and that's why I talk about consistency. I've seen Alabama's team struggle and just get progressively better as the year goes along. I I anticipate more and more of that. I think Bryce Young is – playing great. And, you know, if he can stay healthy, that's a big factor. But um, I I think that all the talk about the demise of Alabama um, and they made way too many penalties, some of them forced against Tennessee, some of them unforced errors. And if they cleaned that up, maybe they could have won it. But, But all the talk about the demise of Alabama is not giving Tennessee enough credit. Tennessee caused a lot of problems. All those misplays in the secondary were pressure induced and Tennessee induced. So I think they'll get another shot if Tennessee makes it. Um, I think Tennessee's, I, don't know, I Really, you don't think about that. Uh, I, I would say that um, like it or not, they're probably going to play Alabama again. If I were Tennessee, I'd, you know, I mean, they're, they're not going to say it. I don't think it really matters, but I think they'd probably rather somebody trip Alabama up. I mean, if I were Tennessee and I'm looking for the easiest path to win the conference championship game, I mean, I'd rather play, you know, LSU or <laughs> right now I mean, it, I mean, uh, LSU or Ole Miss. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's – you know, I think Alabama's still better. If I were Tennessee, the the tougher matchup, I think Tennessee matches up well against Alabama. Um, but but I think they match up better against LSU because LSU is good as Jaden Daniels is playing, and he's a mobile quarterback. It's still Bryce Young, and I think it's Alabama's experience. I think all those things matter. And on a neutral field, I, I, I know this. I know Alabama wants – would like to get to, to play Tennessee again because they'd like to, you know, to get to the conference championship game. But I will say this I think Alabama matches up better with Georgia than Tennessee because of the problems covering deep. I think Tennessee's obviously the vertical passing game is a lot more challenging, but it's going to be and you, tough either and way. You
3: said that, and you said that way back in the summer, too. Um, just to remind people, you said that Alabama. Um, as far as playing Tennessee, they, it was a tougher matchup for them schematically than it was Georgia. So, so far that's proven to be true Two players on the message board that people wanted me to ask about. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, how they graded out Darnell, Wright And squirrel white, right? Yeah. I, met,
2: I mentioned squirrel. I thought he was kind of the, the guy that kind of stepped up in a game like this. Cause he got more reps and played well, he graded out very well. And Darnell's, uh, was outstanding. I thought he did a really good job, and, and you know, I thought assignment technique wise he was good. Again, in this game, the result. It, this is why the result is not what you study. It's it's the assignment effort and execution because that leads to the result. In a game like this, I thought he did good things, but, some, but there's some times where the result is really good just because you're just physically imposingly that much better. Uh, but I thought Donnell played very well.
3: Great stuff, Chris. We certainly appreciate it. We will talk to you on Thursday and uh, in, enjoy the rest of the week.
2: Hey, thanks a bunch, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. It's Chris
3: Landry of LandryFootball.com. His appearance brought to you in part by Owl's Nest Barbecue and Oodlewall, which I stumbled over earlier. They got all the – me, sometimes I love it when I make Amanda smile and laugh. It makes my day. Except when I do something stupid that makes her smile and laugh. And then it kind of makes me feel like a real moron.
4: <laughs> I was just trying to like warn you. I was like, no, it's not the craft treats with the rubs and the spices. Craft,
3: craft treats is coming up. But Alice Nest Barbecue right there in Ottawa, if you're ever driving through, stop by. And they've got the Green Mountain Grills that are phenomenal. And we're going to have surprise packs to give away. And you will love that with some of the rubs and some of the uh, sauces. They are just unbelievable coming up. Wow, wow, wow. We've got a little bit of message for bingo where we give stuff away. I know you love free stuff. Who doesn't? And this day in sports history is strong to quite strong. It's awesome. Biles Automotive Group right there on Callahan. Strong to quite strong. You like that? (laughs)
4: Strong to quite strong yes. in the in the level of strength. We have weak, we've super weak, or super weak, weak, you know, middle row, and up there, strong to quite strong.
3: Yes, strong to quite what, strong. What is
4: past what is past strong to quite strong?
3: Somewhat quite strong mighty. to Some, very somewhat, strong. Somewhat mighty.
4: Somewhat mighty. Okay. I just have to get a, a graph.
3: What? <laughs> two minutes and this day in sports history is a a triple shot because we'll take you back over the weekend how about that stay tuned
1: it's gary viles here viles automotive on callahan drive i've been selling cars here in east tennessee for 27 years in that time i've come to realize it's not about the car it's about you the customer so i'm here to take care of you just like family good credit bad credit you name it we can get you taken care of if we don't have it we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And As always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
0: Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vassy Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland.
1: Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here.
3: Are you you okay?
4: Just last night, like my voice started going, and I was like, uh oh. So I drank tea, and then now I'm just. You
3: You sound great. thank, Thank you. Here we go. We're getting the message board. Bingo, your chance to win stuff also this day in Tennessee sports history, which I want to thank Brittany Campbell for that. And uh, uh, Halloween coming up, by the way, and we discussed on Friday that we were going to give away candy cigarettes to all the children in the neighborhood. Are we still going to do that?
4: Um, Candy cigarettes.
3: Yes. Don't you remember that we're discussing candy cigarettes?
4: I do remember that. I thought that was kind of a joke, but I guess if you want to get some candy cigarettes, why don't we just write off the hook on them, and so people can just their parents know exactly where they came from, so they can follow along every day. <laughs>
3: That's that guy. Oh, block his sight. By the way, I guess we're I guess we're getting somewhat popular thanks to you, because goodness gracious. If you need to find love or a random hookup, just go to the message board. I'm left and right trying to delete these Tinder apps. I didn't know Tinder was still a thing. Is that a swipe left? What does it mean? Maybe we should just start it as a bit. Swipe left if you think that Tennessee is going to win an SEC championship. Swipe right if you think they're not. Or does how, it- would
4: we, how would we know who's swiping what?
3: Because of the way you motion your arm back and forth for those that are watching on video. Yeah,
4: but what I'm saying is, how do we record the swipes? We have to get on Tinder and make a profile.
3: There are a lot of technological issues we've overcome going way back to Going way back to week one when a tree fell in the house during Ben Joyce's interview. We we need to reach out to him too. And uh uh, we will do that. Get, go to our YouTube page and check out the interviews with Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren, and we'll also have break, breakdowns. <clears throat> because this Sorry. apparently is a thing. Uh, you can make $750 a day, according to one post on our, uh, uh, on our message board. It says, quote, you've got to get up every morning with determination if you're going to bed with satisfaction. I'm determined... <sighs> To report you as spam, so Great. I feel satisfied that I have reported reported this person as spam.
4: I feel like seven hundred and fifty dollars, and that whole going to bed with satisfaction thing is that's a that's a mixed uh, a mixed message there. Oh, are you
3: there? There is an easy way for some of us to not us. Some people out there to go to no. bed with $750 of satisfaction.
4: Apparently.
3: That's all I have to say about that. It's
4: a trend. It's <laughs> it a trend?
3: Apparently. Uh, the uh, Tinder. The One uh, reminds you, Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Bassey Lawn and Garden in Cleveland has the industrial mowers, the commercial mowers, and they also have the just absolutely fantastic residential mowers. And you're going to save money there in Cleveland. Whether or not you're in Knoxville or Chattanooga or Nashville, Fassie Lawn and Garden, man alive, it is worth the drive. So it is time for this day in uh, sports history. What do, you, what do you think about that? So we've got a lot going on. This day in Tennessee sports history is now.
0: This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer.
3: Again, thank you to our loyal listener, viewer, follower, watcher, all that good stuff. We want to thank Brittany Campbell for providing a spreadsheet that has a breakdown of this day in sports history. So today is October the 24th. But if I may... I would like to go back to October the 22nd, and that is 1983. Tennessee beat Georgia Tech 37-3. to Quarterback Alan Cockrell with 189 yards. That seemed like a good amount back then. Nowadays, it's like, what's wrong with your quarterback? Um, He had touchdown passes to Clyde Duncan and Lenny Taylor and Johnny Jones. Johnny Jones was my first favorite Tennessee football player. We'll run him back a uh, skaatback type uh, he was he was my very first favorite uh college football player tennessee player i loved watching him i guess i would have been about 9 years old at the time and then yesterday number 5 uh davall <clears throat> beat uh, alabama 21 to 7 in tuscaloosa fifth straight victory over alabama t martin Had a pass for a touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Jamal Lewis, 23 runs for 117 yards. Uh, Cedric Wilson, five receptions for 53 yards. And the fact that Cedric Wilson's, uh, this was back in 1999, the fact that Cedric Wilson's son is uh, in the NFL makes me feel incredibly old. Um, And October 24th, which is today, the Vols beat Florida 38-7 to back in 1970. Bobby Scott, my guy, uh, record 385 yards, named the AP quarterback of the week. Jackie Walker returned an interception 19 yards for a touchdown. And uh, you were going to say, Amanda?
4: I have a this day in sports history.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, lay it on me.
4: All right, so this doesn't probably really count, but it's fine. Today is my parents' anniversary. And this day in sports history, they got married on October 24th, which is oftentimes the third weekend in October. My mother is a Tennessee fan. My father is an Alabama fan. Here we are.
3: There you go. So it worked out. They
4: did not work out.
3: Oh, I mean, no, it
4: did. They're they're here. You're here. They're they're good. It's actually my uh, my dad, my stepdad. But well, somebody had to good. get together
3: for you to be here.
4: Yeah, well, they're good, but <laughs> he's an Alabama fan. She's a Tennessee fan. So every year they fight. They're probably fighting on their anniversary because it's the third week in October most of the time.
3: Well, now you had to go to a wedding and you were upset about that. How do how did they manage that? Both being. <clears throat> college football fans, and then they got married on the third Saturday in October. They just go down to the um, in the morning, or what do they do?
4: No, they had a wedding. I have no idea. I have no clue. I was like six when that happened, or five, five or six, so I have no idea.
3: Uh, I can tell you that my parents' anniversary was on March the 16th, and I was uh, born on March the 13th. Now, obviously, they were different years, but as a child, I didn't comprehend that. So at like four or five years old, I pitched an absolute tantrum that none of my baby pictures were in the wedding pictures. They were different years, but I thought at the time, I mean, my mom had explained to me, she still remembers this, how she had explained to me over and over that they were different years and it took me forever to get it because I was a child. But I was like, if you all got married on the 16th and I was born on the 13th, why am I not in the oh, wedding yeah. pictures? I was so <laughs> mad. I remember it being uh, like a like an issue um, that we we were able to move past.
4: It's insane.
3: Say something insightful while I block these. something
4: insightful while you block these people (laughs) i don't know but i i don't know anyone who would have ever bitched a fit about not being in the (laughs) wedding photos like i don't know any five-year-old that would care that much
3: i mean it's are you implying i'm vain at all is that what you're trying to say
4: oh no i don't think we had like a 10-minute conversation on air about how hot you were earlier
3: I don't remember that. This day know. in uh, sports history is brought to you by friends at Nutrition World. Nutrition World is partnering on your wellness journey. Nutrition World is uh, bringing you with their e-commerce store the the kinds of supplements that you can trust and you can't trust them all. I will promise you that. So when you go to Nutrition World, it is very easy and um, very simple to go ahead and plug in what you need for your supplement supplements. Go to nutritionw.com That's nutritionw.com. dot com. And I want to get your thoughts as as far as a different perspective and how Nick Saban handled the uh, Jermaine Burton, the Jermaine Burton issue, allowing him to play. Um, I've got some pretty strong thoughts that I wrote about on off the com. And, um, yeah, I, I think that charging the field, I'm going to sound like the old fuddy-duddy should, should be stronger legislated. I don't think that there should be a way for you to charge the field. I don't know how it can happen. I know it's neat and it just happened. It's in Alabama and everybody's like, Dave, you're a big stick in the mud, but I do think there is potential for a lot of bad things to happen. And that is the players turf. But, I did think Jermaine Burton would be suspended, but he wasn't on Saturday. Were you surprised? And then essentially, um, to paraphrase, (laughs) Nick Saban had said that he was afraid at the time. And I've been at Georgia when Georgia finally broke the streak against Tennessee. I've been amidst that accidentally, just trying to get to the press area. And it was scary. I think I've mentioned to you, we almost trampled two girls and you couldn't even move your feet. So, I mean, there's something to that. I still don't understand why Nick Saban wouldn't have, have sat him for a game after video surfaced of him punching a female. I just want to get your thoughts. A, you know, you follow Alabama. B, being a female. Just just w- w- what did you make of that whole scenario, 10,000 square foot view?
4: Okay. <clears throat> so what I 1st – first, I've seen two different videos, one showing him punching a girl and one showing him – just like putting his hand out. I've I've heard there's one that's doctored that's going around <clears throat> that he punched her. And and my feeling is if he punched a girl in the head, the girl would have stumbled, she would have fell, she would have done something that showed that she's been punched in the head. Just just if if somebody comes and punches me in the head, I'm going to the ground. That's just I'm a girl. I mean, I I would go to the ground. So I'm not sure Cause I know one has been doctored to show a punch. I know one has not that just shows him like kind of shoving. So I'm not sure which one's accurate. I would lean more towards the one of him just like putting his hand out. I don't think he should have put his hand out on anybody regardless of what happened. The thing that Nick Saban talked about, and this is what I'm, I always lean towards this, the side up, as you know, with the McCullough situation, Deshaun Watson, there are two sides to every story. There are always two sides to every story. And what Nick Saban came out and said was, there's there's more to this story than you know. There's more to this story than, than people know. I'm not going to divulge it, but there, are, there's more to this. And maybe you would understand a little bit more of what's going on if you knew the other side, but this is not Something that I'm going to divulge. Nick Saban's never been one of the coaches to shy away from discipline. We know that. There's been, even you've talked about, times where there's been a, you know, his best player on the team. And he, yes, and he kicks him off the team because of what they're doing. So for me, just looking at this from, a, from a, just a completely, you know, wide view, I'm going to take what the coach that has always been the person that has disciplined his players. I'm going to take what he says to heart more than I would take what anybody else says or or what have you. I don't know what happened out there. No one knows what really happened. I mean, again, there's two different videos floating around. So I I really, I, until you know, the whole story, I, I, I stay out. Like, I don't
3: pass judgment. I'm, I, I, and if the video was doctored, I've seen both of the videos that you're referring to, and one of them does look a little bit worse than the other. It's kind of like a jump cut sort of thing. Um, I, I I. would go with just Steve Spurrier, who I thought was lax at times in discipline. And I would do exactly what he said, and that is if, if you hit a woman, you're just not going to be a part of this team. Now – that would be my hard and fast rule. Um so um but at least listen, if he was having some sort of anxiety attack cuz people rush the field and that is not to, I'm not underplaying that, okay? I'm not I think that that is could be a real thing because listen, I was I was scared <laughs> in the middle of it, okay? And I'm I was a big boy back then, I could take care of myself. But you had no control of where you were going. And this was not like rushing the field in 98, where there was space in between people. If you go back and look, this one was shoulder to shoulder. I mean, this was, you have no control of where you're moving. Now, at the time that Burton pushed or threw the punch or whatever the case may be, he had space as he was trying to get to the locker room. So, um, but could he have been, especially after a game like that, been super hyped up? Yes. Is that a situation in which if you ever had to make an excuse to strike a woman? Yeah, he may not even know it's a female when he is pushing or throwing the punch. I get all that. I just would have for the optics of I would have sat him for for one game. That that to me is the minimum. And I was surprised that Nick Saban didn't do that. I just I. And I, and I will say this. I don't want to go conspiracy theory too far on it because we need to get today's tough question in. I don't want to go conspiracy theory too far on it. But you and I both said that we think there's a good chance this is Nick Saban's last year. So their skill position players, other than Jameer Gibbs, are not great. Did he feel like he needed Burton in there? This is why I go back to the SEC or the conference or the NCAA, whatever it is. There needs to be somebody that handles discipline internally because you can't leave it up to the coach, Nick Saban, anybody, whoever we're talking about. Okay. Because the coach has, there's a conflict of interest there. He has to look out for his <coughs> assistant coaches who could be shipped to Washington. If, you know, if, if he, if somebody gets fired, he's not going to get fired, but if somebody were to get fired, there's a conflict of interest. There also is a conflict of interest on a personal level. If he wants to ride off into the sunset again, not saying that went through his head, but those would be my main my main takeaways. Three, one, I'm really surprised he wasn't suspended for at least a game. Two, if you make physical contact with the female, you're not on my football team anymore. If it's me, um, and and he, and he and remember this, he has an all twenty two view, so he's got the picture that shows down on all twenty two players from a like an end zone standpoint. So he he's got the best view of anybody. And then uh, three, lastly, I would say that if we're going to make this move to a super conference, if we're going to do all these things, okay? And we're going to make college football into a big-time thing like it's not already. But if we're going to take those steps, then discipline needs to be handled at some central locale, not determined by the head coach. Those are my three points.
4: My, <clears throat> I, I don't think this is Nick Saban's last year. I thought that before. Um, based on somebody in a, a higher-up company and something that Nick Saban did not do that he normally does every year. But I think that might just be a sponsorship thing. Anywho, I don't think it's his last year. And it, it, I could be wrong, because, I mean, obviously. But I think everybody has said this is Nick Saban's last year since Nick Saban was, yeah. like, 2014.
3: We're so, bit, at some we, point... Bit, we could say it every year, we're going to be right at some point. <laughs>
4: some point someone's going to be right but i take like i look at you know josh Heipel, it seemed like with mccullough getting arrested felony aggravated assault charge with that happening i took the the stance that we don't know the whole story yet you know i don't i didn't see a need for him to be penalized for something that may or may not have happened that we didn't know that was my opinion on that one. Deshaun Watson, the same thing. We don't know the whole story. Didn't see the need for him to be punished on something that we didn't or did not know. Same with, with this Jermaine Burton situation. And I think there's a difference in putting your hand and, and doing this, kind of like stiff-arming someone and, and coming out and punching somebody. Because I've seen plenty of football players punch a woman and they go down like a like a bag of sand. I don't know if that's right. Just bam. The
3: Ray right on their
4: face. Exactly. Ray Rice, the um, Joe Mixon, the when he punched that girl, she blacked out and knocked her face against a table. That's a different story. This one where he did this, in my opinion, did this and the girl didn't even like falter. I don't I don't necessarily think that that was a punch. I don't think you should put your hands on anybody. But then again, I've also had a panic attack where Things are happening and I just kind of like try to push people away. Claustrophobia, all that crap. Anyway, I don't know the whole story. Nick Saban apparently knows the whole story. I'm going to trust his judgment just based on what he's done in his career so far of being the disciplinarian coach. He's never shied away from, from sitting somebody if he felt the need to. And he has that power. He has that control. Optics are one thing. I understand the optics. But Nick Saban has never gone with the grain on anything. He's always made his own decision. He has the power to do so. I think Josh Heupel would have started McCollum as well if he had the power to do so. I think that was taken out of his hands.
3: I did. I have been led to believe that was an administrative issue, that, yes. a decision, administrative decision. So I think that right. was probably the case. Um, <clears throat> again, the optics are are one thing. Um, Nick Saban has more power than Josh Heupel. He is, you know, if, if they can, if the administration said to him and said, I think you should sit Jermaine Burton. Well, <laughs> Nick Saban could say that statue outside is of me and I'm going to do what I want to. Okay. He could. Um, and I, it's not that I don't trust Nick Saban to make the just decision. I really don't trust any coach to make the just decision because I think it's impossible to do so when you're trying to do what's best for your program and what's best for your program is to win. And um, so I would just like to see it. Even if we don't even say the words Nick Saban or Jermaine Burton or whatever, I would like to see some central form of discipline area where they dole those things out. That's what always, I always like see.
4: That's always going to trend on the optics though. Even if the whole story is presented It's going to be, if there's some sort of like just disciplinary body in the SEC or in college football, it's always going to trend with the optics. Even if the optics aren't, isn't the optics, aren't the whole story. It's they're going to trend on what's more PC or what people are going to think that should happen or stuff that that they should do or what have you. It's always going to trend that way. So Whereas that would be a good idea. Sometimes it sometimes it would be a bad idea because there are different scenarios, such as Jermaine Burton and Joe Mixon. Those are completely different. Yes. Things that happen. Well, and so, you can,
3: and and you can also still mess it up my way. I mean, the NFL did. They, they didn't they didn't punish Ray Rice until they saw the video. So and only
4: because he was 30 and out of his prime. Let's not let's well, not was, kid ourselves.
3: Well, yeah, I think that's why he didn't get another job, too. But, um, but they didn't suspend him until they saw the video, at least it wasn't as severely, if I remember it correctly.
4: They saw so you, the video, but they did not, they didn't suspend him until it got released. They didn't it think everybody
3: yet. else was going to see the video. That is exactly. that is a good point. So, yes, I, but you could still mess it up my way. OK, if if you if you if I was the king of college football and I changed everything, you can still mess it up my way. However, I just it it just seems to me that at the end of the day, if your job is to win as many football games and look out for your assistant coaches. And I do believe there's a family type field there and guys sometimes are now financially independent, but they weren't always and they don't want to move across the nation Their Their kids are in school. I get all that. But at the end of the day, I would have a central discipline committee, whatever it's called, and by Tuesday, Wednesday, you should have time to to make the phone calls, and and Nick Saban could share his version of the story from Jermaine Burton, and and then I would I would move on from there. That's just my take. But it's funny how on the message board, some people disagree with you and some people agree with you one person said inadvertent breaking and entering dumb drunk kid you get a punch i'm not sure if, if that person's referring to the McCullough. mccullough okay well i mean you could say the same thing about the the female i mean that's not that's not her space that that is not i mean i i can, I can tell you that i mean it never crossed my mind to punch somebody but when i was involved in that incident in georgia that It was very scary. Had it gotten a little further, I may have considered it, you know, because you had no control over where you were going. I mean, it was absolutely bizarro. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and get to message board bingo. (laughs) Message board bingo is now. I love it. Why? Because we get to give away. Chill pills, and your pet is going to benefit from chill pills, and so will your wallet. If you want to go to CraftTreats.com, don't forget you save twenty percent at checkout with the exclusive code off the hook. The exclusive code off the hook. That's CraftTreats.com, and you can win in message board bingo if you tell me what school's fan bases message board was this posted to. Amanda will read it. And you can win some good stuff from craft treats. And if you don't have a pet, I uh, stopped over the weekend and picked up some prizes from craft treats as well. So we can go with craft treats or we can go with the chill pills. Um, we can we can do it all. Um, or we was can do it barbecue. Yes, we can do and Barbecue as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. I knew it was the same thing. Okay. All right, it is time for message board bingo. Here we go.
4: Oh, I will say before we do that, Jermaine Burton in the Mississippi State game only had two catches that's that's it, so I don't know. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It wasn't like he was a big time decision maker for the game anyway,
3: I don't All think right. he decided the game either way, but no, how I dictated coverage and stuff i I don't know they, they were better with him playing than not. I think we would agree that
4: yeah arch manning oh boy i'm hearing old arch has reopened communication lines with uga and arch is the one that reached out let me reiterate nothing is done and no clue what happens from here but huge problems in austin
3: my wife actually saw this one somehow but she didn't what? tell me which fan base it is she saw it uh, yesterday but she didn't tell me which fan base But that makes me believe that it's one fan base because who she follows. John said Texas. No, I don't think that he would. I don't think a Texas fan would say he's going to cruise out. Anybody else? You got 10 seconds. Message board. Bingo. Uh, Don said North Texas. No, it's not North Texas as well. Um, Sam said Texas A&M. No. I'm going to go, how did uh, people, um, uh, Chris, uh, email me if I owe you a shirt. It's been a while. (coughs) Um, And we'll get those out. We've got most of them out. I'm surprised you don't have yours. Okay. Crazy
4: Nugs got his.
3: Yes. Um, Dean says, Baylor. Tennessee Junior says UGA. Gene says Ole Miss. Ole Miss is actually a good guess because of the ties the Manning family have there. I'm going to go with Tennessee.
4: No, no one got it. No? Oklahoma.
3: Oh, where the sun beats down upon the range?
4: Where they snitch on their biggest rival.
3: When they do that, what did I miss on that?
4: I don't know, but I'm just saying that they always want the worst for Texas. So.
3: <clears> yeah, I think it's a little ugly at times. There I you know. go, kids. We'll be with you at 8.30 in the morning. And we did not have a winner today, but I guarantee you. are not
4: doing one more?
3: Oh, we can do one more. We can give stuff away. Okay. I'm sorry. All I just right.
4: want to do one more.
3: That's this day in sports history. Let's go to message. This is
4: hilarious.
3: All right. I love it.
4: Bye after 31 years. I've been diehard since I went to my first game in 1991. But after these last 13 years and us losing another second half lead, I am done. I'm canceling my membership, selling my jersey, throwing away all of my gear. I did the same to the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago, and I'm now doing it to my college team. Watching an organization make the same mistakes over and over is just not worth it.
3: Don says Hawaii. I'm terrible at this.
4: Hawaii, they haven't been good ever
3: <laughs> since June Jones decided to get off a plane and drive his car into a bridge. <clears throat> I'm sure, there wasn't any alcohol consumed there. Um, I still don't understand how he escaped that DUI. Anyway, so um, we have guesses. Uh, Chris says, Dave is my spirit animal. Uh, maybe, but that doesn't really apply. Gene um, says A M. and uh, Dean says Florida State. Sam says a No. This
4: is Texas.
3: Texas?
4: Texas.
3: All right. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We'll see you at 8.30 each and every weekday. weekday. And please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, we appreciate that on our YouTube channel as it continues to grow. She's Amanda LaFrata. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Dog Sports.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
5: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.